0: Uh, Hold them up and, and let's make this as a confession. Say this out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession. I will meditate in it. Day and night. Monday through Friday. A word in the morning. And a word in the evening. And because I do. My life is blessed. No more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch, it turns to success. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this, another opportunity to meditate your word, to study your word, to receive from your word. We agree together for utterance that you will think through my mind and speak through my lips your indelible word. We agree together. For revelation knowledge to flow freely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force, we agree together for eyes that see, ears that hear, and hearts that are open and receptive to your word. And we purpose in our heart to be doers of what we hear and not just hearers only. We ask this covenant to give you all the glory, honor, and praise for that which is done. In Jesus' name. And all that agree with that prayer said. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Uh, we have a uh, uh, a substitute drummer today, so thank you for being here today. You did a really good job. Amen. Amen. Open with me in your Bible to two openings. I'm gonna I'm gonna minister like I teach, um, because the content of this message is significant. I believe it's really life-changing. I usually like to get excited and kind of expound and preach a point, but I really need to get all of this to you because I'm concluding today a series that we've been on for 10 weeks. That's a long time, but we don't apologize for, you know, laying a, a strong foundation in the Word. We're concluding our series, Faithful to Finish, There's two openings. The first is in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. It says, moreover, it is required. Somebody say required. It is required in stewards that one be found faithful. All of us are stewards when you understand it. We're God's servants. And it's required. Faithfulness is required. Then in Matthew chapter 25 in verse 14 The kingdom of heaven is like this The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them This is Jesus He went to heaven And before he left, he gave us assignments, gave us talents and abilities. He delivered goods, his goods to us. You might know the story, but when we jump down to verse 19 to 23, the the essence is that after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents, and I've gained five more talents besides them. How many of you all remember this story? His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler of many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good, and help me now. Good and faithful servant. He said, you have been faithful. Is faithfulness important? You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. Throughout this series, we've been talking about the fact that Judgment Day is coming. We will all have to stand before the great throne of God someday and and account for what we've done in this life. And it's never too soon to start thinking about how we're going to finish this life. Amen. No matter how young we are, no matter how old we are. And the word of the Lord came to us to focus on finishing, really, to focus on accomplishing what he put us here on the planet. And be faithful to that. Uh, one of the key messages is that only what you do in this lifetime for Christ will last. And that is so true. Uh, and you want to be faithful to the call, faithful to the purpose, God's purpose for your life. You want to be faithful to that, faithful to finish it. The title of the message today is called Faithfulness Is Required. Interestingly, we've been talking about finishing for nine weeks, but today we're going to talk about being faithful to finish. Amen. Being faithful. Somebody say faithfulness is required. Now, there are several things, seven things that we learn that can derail you. But because of what we're learning, we can get to the place that we never stumble or fall. You know, we're running a race, and, and we looked at Paul. He talked about, I'm, you know, my life is about to be offered up. I've, I've fought a good fight. I've finished the race. And we want to be able to say, say the same thing about our lives. That path, that course, that, that race that God laid out before us, we've been faithful that we, we are finishing it. Amen. But as I said, there are seven things that can derail us. Uh, I think last week. Somebody ran into a train and it derailed in Montgomery County. And then I think the week before that, over in New Jersey or somewhere in Pittsburgh, I don't know where it was. It was somewhere in Northeast. Uh, somehow or another, a train got derailed. I want you to see your life as that train. And it should be that we're unstoppable. we are You know, it, it should be impossible to derail us. But the word of God taught us very clearly over these weeks, seven different things. One, number one above all, is loving something else more than you love God. How many of y'all know that'll take you off course? It'll derail you like those trains. But then specifically from Hebrews chapter 12, over the last three weeks, God's been talking to us that there are weights that can derail you. There are sin or sinning can derail you. Losing focus, taking your eyes off of Jesus can cause you not to finish the way the race that you have. We also learned that weariness can cause you not to finish the race. Discouragement can cause you six things that could cause you to uh, to not finish the race. And then there was a big one that came number seven. Unexpectedly, how many of y'all know bitterness can derail you? It can prevent you from finishing your course. But in the same way, there, there are things that could derail us. The Bible says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, you don't have to look at this, but um, um, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10, it is, it's here on the screen. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. And the Amplified says you'll never stumble or fall. Although there are a lot of things that can trip you up, if you do these things that God's been giving us through his word, you and I can get to the place where you never stumble or fall. Amen. And I believe that. You'll never get a report about me strung up somewhere on drugs. You'll never get a report about me being, you know, arrested because of a drunk drunk driving. Oh, it's quiet in this church. I'm putting myself on record. You, you'll never see me on television having robbed a, uh, having robbed a convenience store. <laughs> you know, wait a minute, Pastor Stan. Well, you think you're better than, no, no, I'm not saying that. But what the Bible says that if the, if you, it, to be even more diligent to make your calling, what, the call of God on your life. Be diligent to make your calling and your election sure and do the things that He tells you to do and you'll never stumble. Somebody say, I'm not going back to the things I used to be. Now, you're not going to get a report. Oh, Pastor Stan done messed up, and then he run off with the secretary in the church. <laughs> yeah, Miss Mike, you know, they're not together. Enough. You're not getting that report. Amen. Amen. That's why we don't have a secretary. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> he cleared that up right now. <laughs> no, you, he said, if you do these things. Somebody say these things. You'll never stumble or fall. How I many if you know, we should live our life with confidence of success, not a fear of failure. Not being aware it will cause you to mess up. But knowing, hey, these are things the enemy will throw in my way as a stumbling block. No, I'm not going to trip over that. I see it right there. I'm not going to let weariness mess me up. I'm not going to let discouragement mess me up. I'm not going to let losing focus mess me up. I'm not going to let loving something else mess me up. All right, so last week we looked at the examples of people who left their God-ordained assignment. As we conclude this series, my instruction from the Lord is to show you from the Word that faithfulness is required, especially in a few God-joined relationships. Faithfulness is required, especially in a few God-joined relationships. Relationship. What do you mean God joined? Mark chapter 10 and verse 9, you might be familiar with this. Jesus said, therefore, what God, ah, glory to God, has joined together, let not man separate. Faithfulness is required, especially in God-joined relationships. Um, this verse specifically is talking about marriage, but that's not the only God-joined kind of relationship. Marriage is a God-joined relationship, Amen. Amen. but there are others, um, and we also want to contrast a God-joined relationship versus a man-joined re- relationship. Amen. Because what we're talking about is you being faithful to those God-joined relationships, not those man-joined relationships. Amen. Right? What do you mean, Pastor Stan? You can join yourself to somebody or something that God didn't necessarily ordain. Amen. Amen. Let me give you some scripture. Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Oh, Luke chapter 15, verse 15. We'll go there first. <laughs> And then we'll go back, and it may have been missed. But in Second Chronicles, uh, we're going to do that one out of the King James. But in Luke chapter fifteen, you all remember the parable of the um the prodigal son. Yeah, you all remember that. Everybody remember the prodigal son, right? Man had two sons, one wanted his inheritance, and so he divided unto both of them their living. Then the young one went off and he used his inheritance in some wild living, doing some crazy things, and he found himself running out of money, and he ended up working at a pig farm. Come on, somebody. But notice what the Bible says in Luke fifteen fifteen. It says, then he went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. You can join yourself uh, to people. Uh, and we're not talking about being faithful to those specific kind of relationships. We're talking about to God-joined relationships. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 35 and 36 in the King James, not the New King James, but in the King James, it says this. Jehoshaphat, after this did Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, join himself with Ahaziah, the king of Israel, who did very wickedly. Verse 36 says, and he joined himself. He did what? Say it out loud. Joined himself. Say it out loud one more time. Joined himself. Is this God joined or he joined himself? He said he joined himself to Ahazi. Verse 30, uh, 36 says, and he joined himself with, uh, with him to make ships, to do business, uh, to go to Tarshish. And they made ships uh, in the Ezion Gibber. There are two kinds of relationships in life those that are God joined. And those that you join yourself, man joined. My assignment is to show you how faithfulness is required when God joins you to someone. It's very important. Very important. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 6. I'll never forget this verse. You know, this guy, Jehoshaphat, he hooked up with a Ahaziah. And this guy did, ve- did very wicked things. Very wicked things. Uh, the Bible tells us to watch what kind of relationships we have in life. In Second Corinthians six fourteen, he says, "Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness?" Be not. I can remember the first time this scripture registered in my life I was dating this girl in college oh man I'm telling on myself today oh man I was dating this girl oh man she's you know cute and everything I was in love Uh, but I didn't take a test that I was supposed to in Florida that was required to go from your sophomore year to your junior year this was 30 years ago and so instead of getting behind waiting until the next scheduled test and then picking up in January. I didn't want to lose September to January. Uh, I stayed in Michigan and I went to Lawrence Tech University. It was an architecture school. That's where I got my degree in. And so I'm at Lawrence Tech and I ended up reconnecting with my church family. You know, my dad, of course, is pastor all my life. He's been my pastor all my life, but also our family. Uh, was connected to Word of Faith as as Bishop Keith Butler, as our pastor all my life, still is my pastor. That's a God-joined relationship. I told you all last week, your relationship with your pastor, you know, who's going to preach your funeral when you die? You know, some unnamed person that some, you know, you need to have a relationship with your pastor. Come on. And uh, so sure enough, you know, I went to Florida A&M because it was a known school for celebration (laughs) and it was far from home long way from Detroit and and you know so my mindset really wasn't right you know and I would come home you know freshman year I would come home and I'd rededicate myself to the Lord so forth and so on and then get back to school and you know I had I had this this girlfriend I knew better and, and so forth but you know I wanted to kind of be like the other kids amen. Thank God I had the word in me and it kept me, right? Always kept me. from. But sure enough, man, I liked this girl and I thought I wanted to marry her. And I got back into my kind of church, gotten back into our church. And I'm, I mean, the call of God just turned up on fire on the inside of me. And I'm ready to fulfill God's call in my life. I'm going to go back to school in January. I'm going to start a Bible study and I'm going to fulfill God's will for my life. Amen. I knew I was called a pastor since I was a child, right? And so I get. I, I wanted to talk to my pastor. I'm getting ready to go back to school about my girlfriend. And so I scheduled a meeting. I, I wanted to schedule. I wanted to talk to him about the call on my life. And also, you know, because I wanted to, I was thinking about, well, I need to marry this girl. Well, we talked about the call for a minute. And I said, well, he said, well, what else do you want to talk about? I said, well, there's this girl. And, uh, you know, I, I like her a lot. And I think he sent something. He said, "Is she born again?" <laughs> I said, uh, well, she goes to uh, the the Episcopal Church. Uh, I think she's." He's, he opened his Bible. He said, "Turn to Second Corinthians chapter six, verse one." He says, "Be not ye unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has risen? He, he closed the Bible. He said, "She not for you." I'm thinking, we didn't, you don't know nothing about her. <laughs> How do you even know? He closed his bottom. He was serious. and he He's my pastor. He said, she's not for you in the relationship. After that, I started crying in front of a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> I was in love, right? So sure enough. I, I left. I remember talking to my mom. We went to the mall afterwards, and I'm crying. I had my hoodie on, and I'm crying in the mall. He don't know her. You know what I mean? He didn't even give me a chance to tell her how, you know, how she is, and they go to church, and you know, so much so on. And so I ended up not breaking up with her, and then one day I took her to work, and I said, where'd that come from? And she said, where what come from? Oh, and that, that was a long story. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Somebody said, "Be now this is for somebody today. I don't know who, I think it's somebody online. I don't know of anybody's personal business, but say it out loud. Be not unequally yoked together. You can join yourself to a person. Amen? Now let me keep going. If you got a note or if you're writing notes, write this down. Your church, your pastor is one of the most important relationships in your life as it relates to you accomplishing the will of God in every area of your life. It is one of five God-joined relationships, and it's critical to you finishing. You may not understand the depth of the story, but just stay with me for a moment. There are certain relationships that are God-joined. Now, if you are married, that is a God-joined relationship. Even if you think you joined yourself to that person, when you stood before that judge, when you stood before that pastor, that minister, and they, under the authority in the state, joined you as husband and wife, God joined you to that person. And so from that moment forward, that is a God-joined relationship. A lot of times people get into certain troubles in the marriage and they wonder, well, you know, I don't think we really were meant to be together, et cetera, et cetera. No, the moment you said, I do, God did. And he joined you to that person. This is why God tells you in advance, single person, not to yoke yourself together with somebody that's not a believer. Amen? In Acts chapter 13, I want to give you an example of a God-joined relationship. And this really picks up for where we left off last week. In verse number 1 through 4, it says, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch. There were certain prophets and teachers. It began with Barnabas, Simeon who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and it ends with Paul. Barnabas and Saul were in the church, Saul, who's later called Paul. Verse 2 says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, he sent them away. Verse 4, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Barnabas and Saul is an example of a God-joined relationship. But in about two chapters, we're going to see them separating and going in different directions. There are five God-joined relationships that I'm going to challenge you to be faithful in. But I want to show you how easy it is on any one of these five for you to end up going in a different direction than where God ordained and designed for you to be. How many of you all see clearly in Acts chapter 13, Barnabas and Saul were separated from a number of other people. Out of all these other people, these two people are called to do ministry together. You are called to do ministry together with those that are in your church with your pastor. It's one kind of God ordained relationship. But notice God separated them. He, how many of y'all know? You're supposed to go where he sends you, not where you, where you want to go. Amen. And you stay where you station. So now notice in Acts chapter 15 and verse number 36 through 40. In Acts 15 verse 36 through 40, it says, then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in the city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Verse 37, now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take him. With him, the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Verse 39. Then the contention between them became so sharp that they parted one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Verse 40. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. What happened? Mark wasn't faithful to finish his assignment. He left them. We've been looking at for months how Paul said that Demas left me and other people left me, right? And we've been using that to say it's important for you to be faithful to those relationships that God has connected you to. Because it determines you finishing your course. If you get off course, your course is incomplete. And you'll stand before God at the end of your life and he won't be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He may just be able to say, well. Because you got off course. He joined you in a certain place. Five God joined relationships. So what happened? Mark, Barnabas, Saul, they're all doing ministry together. They're going places. They're preaching. People are being saved and delivered. So they say, hey, let's go over here. And Mark was like, no, I don't want to go there. I, I know I said I wanted to serve with you all, but I want to go back home. I want to do. This. He loved something else more like Demas did and he went in a different direction. Amen. And so they were like, okay, they're going on and on. And so now Barnabas and Saul are getting ready to go to another place. And Mark, uh, Barnabas wanted to take Mark. And Paul was like, no, we're not taking him. And Barnabas was determined. He was bent on taking him. He was like, no, that's my nephew. We're going. And the Bible said, oh, y'all got to help me. Y'all looking at me so funny. The Bible says the contention between the man of God, Barnabas, and the man of God, Paul, was so sharp that they ended up going in two different directions. Wait a minute. I thought in Acts chapter 13, God called, God told Barnabas and Paul they supposed to. Be. I thought God told you you were supposed to be in this church. I thought you told, come on, somebody, we're going somewhere. Let me give you the five and then we'll go home. This is the conclusion to the series five god joined relationships number 1 be faithful to god be faithful to god how many of y'all know you are joined to god by by the blood of jesus by baptism, you are joined together with him. I could teach a, a lesson on all of these individually. But I just want to tell you, one of the relationships that you got to be faithful to finish is your relationship with God. Amen. And I also put in parentheses the call of God on your life. It's not okay that you have a calling and you never you're running from God. You stay in the presence of God, but you won't do what he tells you to do. Come on. So be faithful to God. What does that mean? That means that includes the call of God on your life. You need to identify, God, what did you put me on the planet here for? That's what, that's what we're going to start next. God's plan for your life. So number one, God-joined relationship is you are joined to God. Be faithful to God. Number two, when we talk about faithfulness is required, number two, be faithful to your spouse. I even put in parentheses, this includes your future spouse. It's one of the reasons why, as an unmarried person, we want to keep ourselves from marriage. Some things are reserved for the couple. Wait, it's quiet. I need one amen. So I'll minister to the people online. Come on, somebody. One of the reasons why God says to, uh, uh, to avoid fornication, and, and, and one of the reasons why you want to be a virgin when you get married it's because if that relationship, that person that you like, that little pretty girl, if it goes sideways and you all don't get married, now you've given yourself to them and, and now your, your future spouse, come on. You didn't keep yourself for your future spouse. I'm talking to the, to the people online. Amen. 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 But even if you've already gone to the holy place, And you're an unmarried person under the sound of my voice. Be faithful to your spouse. If you believe that God has called you to get married someday, then keep yourself from this day until you get married. Come on. Be faithful to your spouse. That will also help you to be faithful to your spouse when when they become your spouse. But if you're married. Be a faithful husband. Be a faithful wife. You're in a covenant. That's why God's against divorce. What God joined together, don't let anybody separate. Somebody say, be faithful to your spouse. There's covenants, there's vows that you make. Be faithful to your spouse. Number three, be faithful to your pastor, your church. I've been talking about that for a while, so I won't, you know, overemphasize it. But be faithful to your pastor. Who is it that God has joined you together with for the purpose of ministry to be accomplished? I feel like I am joined to you to do ministry. What God has joined together, all right. Don't let man separate. Don't let man separate. Amen. Be faithful to your pastor, your church. Oh, here's another one. Huh. Be faithful to your family, your natural family, your blood family. Be faithful. To That's a God joined relationship. The Bible says in Psalms that He sets people in families. You didn't pick your parents, your siblings. Your blood relatives, right? Be faithful to them. Now, that may take a lot of different shapes. Doesn't mean what you may think. But study it. It is a God-joined relationship. But one thing that happens when you get born again, you become a part of a faith family. And not only are you, do you have blood family, you got blood of Jesus family. Amen. We say to those that visit, we want to be your faith family, not your faith fake family. Amen. You know, a lot of times people have fake relationships in churches, but we don't want that in this church. We want to become family with you. You become oftentimes more our family than some of our blood relative family that ain't even saved. Come on, somebody. So be faithful to your family, including your faith family. I hope you're hearing me. Last as I close is be faithful to your job. This is why. Where you work needs to be God joined, meaning you need to know that you're on the job not because you want to be there, but because God has ooh glory, because God has you there. Do you see your job, your employer? As a God joined relationship, or you did you just join yourself to them because it had the salary that you wanted, because it had the, the the benefits that you wanted? No, you should be where God tells you to be, with whom He tells you to be with, and then be faithful in those relationships. Oh man, this message to me is like steak and potatoes. I am over the topic, excited. Uh, excited. About what I just shared with you all today. Did you all get this? There are five God-joined relationships. Faithful to God. Faithful to your spouse, future spouse. Faithful to your pastor, your church. Faithful to your family, natural family and your spiritual family. And then be faithful to your job. Make sure. And if you're on a job and you don't know that God wants you there, talk to him about it. Like, Lord, did I join me here or did you join me here? Because I want to be where you want me to be. And if you want me to be here, I want to be here. But if you don't want me to be here, then I don't want to be here. Amen. Because you want to be where he wants you to be. Did y'all get anything out of this today? We're a little bit out of time. Go ahead and stand up on your feet. This has been an amazing series, Faithful to Finish. And I feel like I'm finished. Amen. You know, that relationship with that young lady, um, you know, she wasn't a believer. And her life proved that. And I said that because while every head is bowed and every eye is closed in prayer, maybe you've intertwined yourself in a relationship that's not God-joined. I want to challenge you today, the same way you pray about that job, that you joined yourself to pray about that person. And if you're in a relationship and you're not supposed to be in it, I want you to ask God to help you safely be removed from that relationship. Amen? Just like you don't pull a a hard uh, a piece of uh, equipment out of a computer... You know, you want to shut it down properly so you can safely remove it. I want you to pray this out loud. Say, God in heaven, I thank you for this word. And I'm asking you today to reveal again to me the God joined relationships in my life, particularly on my job and in my relationships. I thank you for your wisdom. And I submit myself to you to go where you want me, to stay where you would have me, to do what you would tell me to do. And I believe that because of that, at the end of my life, you'll be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Faithfulness is required. So help me be faithful in all these relationships. In Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the Word of God today. Praise God. If anybody is here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or if you're online and you don't know the Lord, pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart. God will save you right where you stand, right where you are, and we are excited to lead you to the throne of God. Congregation, help those pray for the first time that might be praying. Say this, God in heaven, I come to you today to give you my life. I do believe. Jesus Christ, he died for my sins. He's your only begotten son. And I believe you raised him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all of my sins. And I accept your offer of forgiveness. Thank you for saving me today. I dedicate my life to you. And I ask you for the Holy Spirit. To help me live victoriously, I receive him today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lift up one hand towards heaven as I speak this blessing over you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May you go in peace and until we see each other again, may he keep you and all that pertaineth to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.